When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time, hasn't it? I believe the last episode I did was probably last month, if I'm correct. (laughs) I don't even remember because it's just been that long, but... You know, this part of the season where there's not much talk going on, there's all the, right now, the speculation with the upcoming NFL draft, which actually starts next week. You know, I've been spending the time, you know, kind of looking at, you know, who the Cowboys will possibly draft, the draft needs and everything. So basically, I've been kind of working on preparation for the draft. And basically, this episode is, you know, who can the Cowboys get in the first round? Who are the names that really stand out the most? Regarding the Cowboys draft needs, I mean, honestly, of course, when it comes to the Cowboys, I mean, should I really, really, you know, trust for them to make the right decision? I mean, <laughs> you know, my gut feeling would say no, because, you know, the Cowboys always make these decisions that are never really too satisfying, but, I mean, they did last year with, with Micah Parsons, so, you know, and of course, the year before with C.D. Lamb, so really, I, I guess sometimes in the draft in the first round, Things probably haven't gone so bad now, have they? So, uh, so at this point, you know, really, you know, the fact that free agency just did not go so well, but there were so, some signings that I guess were not the worst. But but overall, you know, the Amari Cooper trade, and you know, you know, could even could even go after Von Miller nor nor Bobby Wagner. You know, that didn't work out as well. So, so really, things were just not going well at all. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But going back to right now, so who the Cowboys uh, could get in the first round? So I'm actually gonna take. I'm actually gonna give you the Cowboys draft needs, and you know I I gotta be honest. I'm actually surprised. No, I'm not. I'm actually pretty shocked that cornerback is actually not listed in the draft needs because when it comes to the Cowboys defense, I mean basically secondary players are always a must need in the Cowboys in the draft. And I swear to you, the source where I got this, you know, about the draft needs, that cornerback is not there, I find that pretty extraordinary. But safety is actually still there. So safety slash cornerback, so I guess, you know what, we're still going to work on the secondary in the draft. I would hope the Cowboys are going to commit themselves to really going after the best secondary players. But right now, in the, in the first round, you know, it, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what the best position is to go after. But according to this, the Cowboys' draft needs include a defensive tackle, an edge, linebacker, offensive guard, safety, and wide receiver. Now, wide receiver doesn't actually come as a surprise because, again, we lost Cooper. Cedric Wilson left uh, to sign with the Miami Dolphins. So, so we, d- we did lose a, a couple of key uh, wide receivers. I mean, one of them we traded and we got absolutely nothing in return, which you know still makes me sick to my stomach. But you know, losing Cedric Wilson, I felt was really uh, was really bad. You know, and I'm trying to look, uh, looking at right now to see you know who else as far as uh, departures and wide receiver position that we lost. You know, well, you know, Malik Turner actually is actually actually signed uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. So, so as far as far as wide receiver goes, yeah, we lost. We you know got rid of Cooper. We lost Cedric Wilson. We lost Malik Turner. So. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, the wide receiver position comes to mind. So, but I, I really doubt the Cowboys are going to, are really going to go out there wide receiver in the first round. 
you know, linebacker position doesn't come as a surprise because, you know, we lost Keanu Neal, who signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, and honestly, as far as defensive end goes, it's still out there because, you know, as an edge sort of thing. So, right now, the plan as far as uh, Micah Parsons goes, whether he'll stay as a linebacker or if he'll shift back and forth from a defensive end slash edge to a linebacker, it's unclear, so we'll have to wait and see how things go. I'm sure. Da I'm sure Dan Quinn, as we speak, is you know is actually you know looking at plans you know for the defense for this coming season. I'm sure that Dan Quinn has been, has already been working on those since even before he interviewed for head coaching positions. So Dan Dan Quinn's been committed ever since he's arrived. So and Dan Quinn will will not stop. So anyway, so going through the first draft, so defensive tackle. And linebacker and edge and offensive guard kind of seem to be like the like like the most important, but also safety as well. Now, I'll be honest with you, folks. If the Cowboys did actually get an offensive line in the first round, I would still be like, uh, we probably should have got after a defensive tackle because we should always go defense in the first round. I feel because the Cowboys' defense is always the biggest problem. But that wasn't really the case this past season. It was kind of like the offense, especially the fact that the offensive line is absolutely terrible and. Like that, so really, that's why I, I, don't, I don't really think that if we go after an offensive line in the first round, it's actually going to be the worst idea. So we'll go ahead and start with, with, with offensive line. So about the possible like uh, like that. So so the offensive line. So for the top grades, we got Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama, Ike Ikwonu, offensive tackle North Carolina State, Tyler Lindebaum, center of, from Iowa. Kenyon Green, guard from Texas A&M, and Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State, and you know, and, and I saw that it was offensive guard that was specifically the need. So, so right now, you know, out of, out of these wide receivers, you know, the, the first guard that actually comes to mind is Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Then after that, it's Zion Johnson from Boston College. So let's go and take a look at, at the at, at this guard. You know, as, as far as uh, offensive line goes, you know. I'm not entirely sure if it's just specifically a guard. I mean, you know, our center, you know, everything like that, you know, the whole offensive line is a problem. You know, we, we no longer have Lyle Collins, you know, who signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, Tyron Smith is, you know, getting too old and, you know, hit and is injury prone, so like that. So, so, so we, need, we need our quarterback. We got to get him protection as, uh, immediately. We got to rebuild that offensive line. We've been, we've been trying that, but it hasn't been working. And we really got to take a directive, a serious directive approach to committing ourselves to getting our offensive line back. So, so looking at Kenyon Green, so you know, much like last year, you know, the same source is providing all the great necessary information, and that would be none other than NFL analyst Mr. Lance Zerline. So I really appreciate him. You know, really consistent with the strengths. And the weaknesses and everything, everything you know, basically. So, so you know, according to uh, this, so with uh, Kenyon Green, so his prospect grade is six point forty five. Now, look at from the grades, you know, at six point forty five. Uh, if I uh, basically uh, between six point forty and forty nine, it's basically the grade. It says will become a good starter within two years. Well, honestly, th that's really where I'm kind of skeptical. Like, if we're gonna draft a guard, we're gonna need him to. We're gonna need him as, as quick as we can, especially if, if he's a first round pick. So, but the guard, you know, overall, you know, like 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 that, uh, the prospect grade is good. But then also the, I think the next gen stat, you know, has 84. That's good. So, you know, according to uh, the player bio again, again, according to Lance Zerline. Green is a five-star offensive tackle recruit out of Humble, Texas. He was actually named to the 2018 Houston Touchdown Club Offensive Player of the Year as a senior. His first year at Texas A&M, he played 13 games as, at the right guard position. And he played good enough to make the SEC All-Freshman team. And then he moved to left guard in 2020 where he started all 10 games and was second team uh, received second team Associate Press All-American honors along with second team All-SEC accolades. So, and again, you know, Zerline's, uh, you know, Zerline, you know, even further shows that uh, that Green showed great versatility. Started all at four positions in 2021: twice at right tackle, once at left tackle, two at right guard, seven at left guard. So, 
that's probably why the Cowboys should definitely have their eyes on him because you know he's he's had experience playing in all four in, in all four positions at the offensive line. And if the Cowboys need a really good offensive line, Green is definitely a guy to take the Cowboys should have a good life, uh, take a look at Kenyon Green in, in the first round. Now he's been compared to Richie Incognito. Now I'm sure you know that that's a name a lot of people probably don't want to really get too deep in all in all in, in because especially for the. From what we saw with Incognito, but we don't need to get into that. But you know, at the end of the day, a comparison is merely an opinion, so we don't have to get into that anyway. But the overview, according to Zernline, is that Kenyon Green is a guard prospect with an impressive level of consistency as a run blocker. Now, that's definitely something the Cowboys have to note right there. A key as a run blocker because you know we got to get our running game back up. But the problem is, you know, I don't trust Zeke Elliott, so I don't, so I don't know what to say. I'm sure if Tony Pollard's playing and you know and this dude's you know creating some uh, room for running, I'm, I'm sure Tony Pollard could do a good job of taking advantage of it. But also, you know, Zerline specifies in the overview, you know, a- adequate foot quickness to run a variety of run schemes. You know, but he does actually mention that Green lacks recognition and mirror technique that's needed at his best against the athletic interior rushers. So. So, you know, much like top prospects, Kenyon Green has his pros, he has his cons, but, you know, honestly, all it proves is that he's just not perfect. Now, let's take a look at the strengths. You know, again, I praise Lance Zerline for just pr- providing all, just all the great information. I mean, I, I just wish one day I, I could talk to this guy, thank him very much, and just shake his hand and say, man, you know, I admire you, brother. I, la- I admire you, Lance Zerline. But, okay. So let's take a look looking at the strengths. Well, impressive hand resets help to reestablish and finish the block. Adequate patience and body control to connect on second level. Adequate recovery potential when needed. And booming upper body strength to cave in A-gap blitzers. Bulldozing drive blocker with horsepower to consistently clear paths. That's definitely something because that helps the run game. And also well-schooled on leverage and hand placement in the run game. So it seems to me that Kenyon Green is the guy to take a look at, especially if the Cowboys want to improve the run block. But when it comes to the Cowboys, it's not only helping the run block, it's protecting the quarterback as well. Now, with the, as far as the weaknesses go, he struggled with blocks sustained in, loss, in a loss at Mississippi State. Below average instincts and in pass protection. See, that's one of the cons right there, especially when I talk about the protection to Dak Prescott. The below average instincts and in pass protection. Slow to activate lateral side when mirroring and has a history of opting in on holding on penalties. So this is probably where we're now we're starting to have our second thoughts. Do we really need to go after this guy? Oh boy, I don't know. Well, I would probably say right now, Kenyon Green is probably not the best guy for the Cowboys. I mean... He's definitely got some promise, and you know I'm sure that he's. I'm sure that you know whoever draft whoever he's drafted by, Kenyon Green will no doubt commit him, commit and dedicate himself to re- repairing anything that needs to be uh, re- repaired, improving on anything that needs to be improved on. So, so right now he's as far as run game, he's definitely something the Cowboys could use in the run game, but the problem is the passing game. The pass protection, according to weaknesses, I mean, pass protection, you know, the below average instincts in pass protection, and has a history of opting in on holding penalties. So, I mean, holding penalties is already a, a huge problem for the Cowboys, so the last thing we need is somebody who has a habit of committing, committing those holding penalties, but that seems to be something that's completely unavoidable, especially with the Cowboys. So that's on Kenyon Green. Now, let's t- we'll take a look at another guard before we move into another position as well. Now, I won't go through every single position, but I'll... I'll go through at least the defensive tackle, linebacker, and edge as well, but we'll probably take a look at some other players as well. Now, the Cowboys have the 24th pick, so who knows who, who's still going to be there. Look at this other guard, Zion Johnson, although he has a, he has a, his grade is 9 points less than Kenyon Green at 6.34. So, taking a look at Zion Johnson. The computer can pull up. Here we go. So, Zion Johnson, again, his grade is... His prospect rating is 6.34, which means will eventually be a will eventually be a plus starter. Okay, but the question is, 
when when will this eventually be happening? I mean, he he he's still basically at the point. Yeah, will eventually be a plus starter. But when when can it eventually happen? Could that be in a year? Could it be in two years? Could it be in three years? Or maybe the final year of his rookie contract? You know, provided he gets a four year contract deal. I mean, I don't know. As a rookie, I, I don't know. <sighs> that that right there is is where the skepticism kind of also kicks in. So Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Basically, uh, his overview again, according to Lance Zerline, he has experience at tackle, but he's a clear he's clearly an, an interior blocker on the next level. Has a knockback pop at the point of attack with the ability to win the block at a test of strength in space. His limitations become obvious, but he'll need to fit in the right scheme that takes advantage of what he does well and diminishes the athletic limitations. And oh, the overview again, Mr. Lance Zerline, thank you very much. Is is that he has a ceiling of a starting guard in the NFL, but his ability to deal with the athleticism of NFL defensive linemen in all three downs is a concern both as a run blocker and pass protection. Well, that's see that right there would be why the Cowboys have to go look at it. Says, well, if it's a, if it's a cause for concern at both the run blocker and pass protection, then you're already kind of shaking your head. Says, no, we can't take a, we can't take a chance with him because again. The Cowboys need in their offensive line is they need guys that can do well at both the run blocking and pass protection. We have to create the running game, but we have to pass our we have to protect our quarterback. Even though our quarterback again is inaccurate and struggles with that, with his accuracy, but regardless, we need guys that will protect our guy. We need offensive line that can protect well. Okay, because the problem is if the pocket collapses, if Dak Prescott. Goes in the habit of playing the hero or, or panicking, starts running around. Bad things are gonna happen. Prescott could get hurt. He could fumble the ball. Throw, you know, just throw the ball like that. He'll get intercepted. You know, God knows what can happen. So, so the fact that there's the cost for concern in the run blocking, uh, run blocking and pass protection, I'm already basically saying no. We, we we shouldn't we shouldn't take a chance with this guy. But his strengths do include, you know, he's a um, strength level that tra- tra- excuse me travels into brute force designation. He operates with consistently wide and stout base. Shines as a double team blocker with technical savvy. Excellent leverage and lift in initial strike. Takes accurate cutoff angles to linebackers. Protection benefited from tackle experience in 2020. Rarely lingers on Cowboys getting to second block with timing. Okay. It's not bad. So the weakness is inconsistent gaining enough ground on stretch plays. Some struggles adjusting to moving targets. Occasional issues with twists and blitzes. That's definitely a, a, an eye catcher right there. Slow in resetting and grouping hands. Punch will land a little high and slide off the pads. Below average redirection quickness. Again, every, every prospect... Even the highest prospect has his pros and his cons. So, again, he's just another dude who's not hes not perfect. Can't expect him to. But I really believe that that Zion Johnson's definitely not the, not the kind of guy for the Cowboys. As, as far as offensive guard goes. So, uh, as, as far as those two, uh, as far as those first two goes, I mean, it's probably... Kenyon Green is definitely to think about, but Zion Johnson, you can think about it too, but still, the, the final decision would probably be no. I'd like to take a look at offensive tackle Evan Neal, and, and then before we move on to the next uh, position, uh, if, uh, computer can uh, pull it up. Uh, sorry guys, I still have my, I don't have my computer, I have to borrow my mom's computer, so uh, the issues right now, it's just, it's too overwhelming, so and, and for everybody who reached out to me after my... Uh, Anxiety attack. I really appreciate y'all. I really do. Okay. So now we're looking at Evan Neal, University of Alabama. A prospect rate of, of 6.76. And I believe he was the highest prospect according to that. So according to his uh, player bio, his size and athleticism made him one of the top 10 recruits in the country out of the IMG Academy in the state of Florida. Of co- coaches at Alabama did not waste any time getting him on the field. He started in all 13 games at right guard in 2019 en route to the SEC All-Freshman Team selection. He moved to right tackle in 2020, leading the team's offense for all 13 games on its way to the CFP National Championship, College Football National Championship. He was voted ca- team captain in his final year at collegiate football, started 15 games at left tackle. 
He earned AP Second Team All-American honors and was recognized as the first team All-SEC selection. Okay. He's a three-year starter with rare combination of measurables, talent, and pedigree. He has experience against the best competition the college game has to offer. Now, see, the overview starting is starting out so well. <laughs> and Zerline really is, is, is really like kind of giving a reason why. He's, he's giving you the reasons why any team who has that chance to get him should go after him. So Zerline continues, says he started at both left and right tackle and should project on the left side if he can continue to manage his weight. He doesn't, but he doesn't always maintain that level throughout the game. Intensity and consistency are two areas that will be key in him matching performance. His technique had been drilled into him, and Neil plays with good fundamentals across the board. He's well-versed and capable of a variety of run schemes and correctable areas of improvement in pass protection. So so far, he's he's very good with the with the with the run, you know, helping with the with the run schemes, and he has correctable areas of improvement in pass protection. So obviously, he's got things to work on. So again, you know, he's the top, you know, offensive line, pro- offensive line prospect, but you know, he's obviously again, he's not perfect, but obviously, he's got things to work on. You know, but every every prospect, you know, when when they go from you know the college football world to entering the world of the NFL, they all have something to work on. So you know, they all have much to learn. So 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 him having to learn a lot of things is really nothing new. So and I'm sure that I'm sure that Evan Neal himself, you know. Understands and he, he's expected to. So, so uh, according to his strengths, um, he's well schooled in technical aspects of the position. I'm sure that you know a player like him. You know, I'm sure you know the fact that he's that talented. You know, check this out. He allowed four career sacks at Alabama, and that's from 2019 to 2021. Allowed four career sacks. So Evan Neal, if the Cowboys, if the fact, if, if Evan Neal was still up there. At the 24th pick, if the Cowboys had the chance to take him and they took him, I probably would not be too upset. Now, I would want the Cowboys to go after the defense, but if the Cowboys can get a, one of the, maybe the best offensive line in the draft to protect our quarterback and to fight, maybe help the running game and maybe you know show Zeke Elliott, like, look, you got help, I'll take advantage of it, I would. But the uh, problem is, you know, he's the number one offensive line prospect, and there's really no chance that you know, he's still going to be there by the time the Cowboys have their pick. It would be shocking, but then again, never say never because, you know, CeeDee Lamb was the best wide receiver of the 2020 NFL Draft, and the, he was still there when the Cowboys got him, but the Cowboys are not in, not in the same area as they were, you know, during that time, you know, the 24th pick. So, so again, go back to the strengths. Um, hand placement and leg turn carves out space with down block. A variety of pass set angles and techniques are at his disposal. Keeps the majority of weight on inside leg and pass sets. Well-tongued hands put his length in play early in the rep. Quick to reset a discarded punch attempt. Patient and accurate fitting into initial contact. Moves with fluidity and body control. And much quicker after dropping 15 pounds in the offseason. Wow. Well, you know, if he's fast, that's, def- that's, that's definitely something you, you can't ignore. I mean, if he can move quick in offensive line, I'm, I have no doubt that that's going to come in handy. Now, of course, now the weakness is his weight has been is definitely could be a, a future concern. So he's definitely gonna have to keep it on. Uh, he's definitely gonna have to uh, maintain, you know, the right amount of weight. So because that's what I said. And let's not forget the overview. This is again what I think Lance Zerline again that if he because Lance Zerline said in the overview if he can continue to manage his weight, he'll be he 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 should be able to. Well, it's like this. He has started at both left and right tackle and to project on the left side if he can continue to manage his weight. Okay. So, so obviously, it's the weight concerns in the past and it could be a problem again. We don't never know. Now, more of the weaknesses is an average hand command to cinch up the rush, a tendency to absorb too much force from power rushers, lacks firmness of anchor for a man his size, and his feet need to come up with hands to prevent excessive lean laterally. And an average response to success to moving fronts. Uh, you see, we, we start out with the positives, and we get to the negatives, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start to have a feeling that now you start to have second thoughts. As far as those three guys that we talked about, I'm, I'm sure the other, the, all the other prospects as well, you know, definitely have something the Cowboys will be, will be taking a look at. I can only hope that the Cowboys are doing their homework, especially in the offensive line picture. But, but those three guys, out of those three. Evan Neal would be the guy I would consider more than uh, more than anything. But the problem is, again, he's the top offensive line prospect with a, with the highest grade of six point seventy six. So 
honestly, I'd be willing to. I'd be if I were a betting man, I'd bet money that by the time the Cowboys have to pick, he's definitely not going to be there. So now moving on to from offensive line. Now let's get to the defensive tackle position. That's probably where I really want the Cowboys to really set their set their focus on. So as far as the tackles, the top prospect is a defensive tackle from the University of Georgia, Mr. Jordan Davis. Also, the second highest is also from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt. And then, you know, you got third one is Travis Jones from the University of Connecticut, followed by Fedarian Mathis, defensive tackle out of Alabama, and then DeMarvin Neal, defensive tackle at A&M. Who, by the way, you know, a defensive tackle from the University of Oklahoma, Perion Winfrey, is also the same grade. And then we got to Ioma Uwazurike. I have a feeling that... There's actually a good chance. Excuse me, I knocked over my bottle, and thank God I had it closed. Part of me believes by the time the Cowboys have their pick, if, if any of these guys are out there, I bet that Fedarian Mathis, Perion Winfrey, and Ioma Uwazurike will probably still be, will definitely start still be there. But looking at Jordan Davis, the top pick, you know, even though he's like him, you know, like like Neil, he's probably going to be uh, already selected by the time the Cowboys, by the Cowboys have their pick. But again, you know, never you never say never, right? So the player bio for Jordan Davis, oh, man, it's amazing. Now he did miss a little bit of time with an elbow injury, you know, like that. But but I, but I doubt that, that that it should impact it, it should impact him uh, too much. You know he's in it. He's in it. He's been compared to uh, Haloti Nata, the former uh, Baltimore Raven defensive tackle. Well, the player, the player bio, you know, really speaks for itself. You know, looking at the overview, his overview describes him as quote beefy, mountainous nose tackle with the size, power, and will to clog the drain and alter the offense's desire to run between the tackles. Now that's already looking pretty good. And again, describing him as anchor and quick shed talent to eviscerate single blocks and successfully occupy double teams, allowing linebackers to thrive in pursuit of ball carriers. Plays upright, lagging agility, lacking ag- plays upright, lacking agility and reactive quickness to mark up a statue with any consistency, but but that's not what he's asked to do. Well, it also says that he won't be effective against the outside zone teams and won't offer much rush. Well, won't offer much rush. That's what the Cowboys like. Oh boy, because the Cowboys need as much rush as much rushers as they can. But he could become one of the league's best run pluggers as soon as he takes the field. So this guy can definitely. So this guy obviously has the the potential of stuffing opposing running to stuff the opposing running backs and stopping the opposing run. I suppose the Cowboys could definitely consider him, but again, I doubt that he's going to be there by the time the Cowboys have their pick. Now, looking at the strengths, he's got pure power to battle through washdown blocks. He can shed blocks and transition a gap over. Has talent to do more than just neutralize double teams. He's never on the ground. Plays with hand quickness and slap opponents' hands off of him. He won't be blocked by a single blocked. Has size to overwhelm certain opponents. And the potential to alter opponents' game plan. Well, he's definitely... uh, a dude who could definitely wreak a bit of havoc, and the Cowboys need somebody that can wreak havoc on opposing offenses. But the weak the weaknesses include below average first step quickness, lacks knee bend to roll downhill with a bull rush, change of direction is not a thing for him, and he can't disengage and tackle suddenly, and he can be a little straight legged into lateral engagement, and occasional leverage issues issues uh, issues are due to his height. Well, well, well. Now, his prospect grade is at 6.50. And basically, he's at the thing. He's basically describing, you know, at, at 6.50, you know, he's either a, booze, a boom or a bust potential. So, at that point, I, I doubt the Cowboys could really afford to take that chance. So, I, I don't think uh, he, he's definitely... Uh, but, but again, you know, I, I really doubt that he's going to be there by the time the Cowboys have their pick. So... So let's take a look. Let's go ahead and skip to Perion Winfrey, the defensive tackle at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, was the number one overall junior recruit in the country after he played two years at Iowa Western Community College. He was a three-star recruit from Lake Park High School in in the, uh, in the state of Illinois. 
Started 8 of 11 games. Um, but I'm not sure what year that was. Started 8 of 11 games. Made a huge play while blocking a field goal against rival Texas in the third overtime to help the Sooners get the victory. Oh, that must have been, that was in 2020. Winfrey started after the game when he noticed a, a Texas lineman was breathing hard and asked a teammate to switch spots so he could take advantage of the weakness. Wow. <laughs> he's definitely like a shark that smells blood in the water. He's got that intelligence level and he's, you know, he, he can spot weaknesses and, he, and he's really the kind of guy, if he spots a weakness, he does not want to miss the opportunity to take advantage of it. That's smart right there. That is incredibly intelligent. So that's definitely something that we, the Cowboys should t definitely keep an eye out for. So the overview is, Winfrey looks the part and will impress with his body type at the NFL scouting combine. But he's frequently laid off the ball. A tight lower half and disappointing lateral agility make him a liability against move-blocking move schemes. But he does actually have an explosive get-off and heavy hands. Okay. See, so it goes, from the, it goes from the cons, but it's also got the pros. So, I mean, again, he's not perfect. Nobody is. But again, you know, the pros and the cons... All have to be studied well because you know you gotta know where on what he needs to work on, you know, like that. It, it, it's all about giving the notes on where you gotta do uh, on what you gotta do. So, so obviously, uh, as as painful as the cons are, I mean, th they can't be ignored. I mean, come on, if if you're gonna know how to build a team, you know, if you're gonna groom up this particular guy to be the next superstar, this particular position, you have to understand what he struggles in and work with him to turn those struggles into improvements. You know, again, he's going to be going from the, the world of college football to the world of the to the world of the NFL. So, and any prospect, including the number one pick overall, they go from one world to the other. They have a lot to learn. So, again, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. So, so uh, looking at the, at the strengths, power to pop and knock back a move blocker. Roughly forty one percent of his tackles went for losses. Roughly 41% of his tackles went for losses. Oh, that is definitely a strength the Cowboys should have their eye on. There's an eye catcher right there. Consistently, ur a consistently urgent pass rusher. Look at that. Upfield, upfield power off the snap can key a bull rush. And a violent hand swipes to clear the punch. If, now I'm starting. I'm starting like okay. Definitely take a chance with this guy. Now, unfortunately, the weaknesses: consistently beaten to lateral positioning, limited quickness due to tight lower body, pass rush lacks athletic counters, plays with narrow linear movements, poor balance and body control through punch redirection. Again, now that's where you're starting to think about those those possible second thoughts. But again. If you know that the, if the Cowboys know that they can help him improve on those positions, if then they, they should definitely take the chance. They definitely should. But so far, Perrion Winfrey is definitely a guy that you know, if the Cowboys plan on going up after a defensive tackle, Winfrey is the guy to, is one guy to keep an eye out for. Now look at these other ones. Let's take a look at Ioma Uazurike. Well, Iowa State University. Okay. A prospect rate of 6.118. Basically, that puts him as, as a good backup with the potential to develop into a starter. So what that means is he's going to start at the bottom and work his way up and earn his spot as a starter. But that goes for anybody. That even goes for the top prospect. Okay. Okay. So the as far as the analysis goes... The overview, again, uh, the brilliant work of Mr. Lance Zerline. So Lance Zerline, with the overview, Uwazarike, his combination of size, length, uh, excuse me, size, length, athleticism, makes him an intriguing defensive line projection at the next level. He has played every defensive line position in both odd and even fronts and was productive in doing so. Look at that. That's promise right there. Early glances at tape show a player with subpar pad level and inconsistent scraps at the point of attack. Okay? But a closer look shows the technique improved and he received more reps inside at the nose. He's an active pass rusher with lively hand usage and has the with the ability to go from an edge attack to a straight bull rush in the middle of the rep. 
He will appeal to the three and four teams at either nose or five technique. Well, the Cowboys don't go three four, so so if 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 the Cowboys are not going through, are not going, uh, you know, three four, then I would say then then definitely uh, he he's not gonna. He's he's definitely not gonna fit the part, you know, as, as far as, as Dan Quinn's uh, as, as as far as Dan Quinn's uh, scheme goes, um, you know, m moving forward, basically, uh, as, as far as the scheme goes, you know, I, I think the Cowboys stop utilizing the three four after after the. Um, well, I'm not sure exactly when that stopped, but uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly, you know, like that because now that it, it caught my. Uh, it caught my eye. Now you're really thinking, like you know, the Cowboys are not going to change their entire defensive scheme, you know, because one because of, because of one particular player. That's not what the uh, that's not exactly what the Cowboys do. So, yeah. So basically, yeah, the, the well, yeah, basically, yeah, the Cowboys went back to a four three scheme when Dan Quinn came, because you know when they switched to the, to the three and four in 2020, that that didn't go too well. So. Yeah, so really, right now, the way, the way I see it, yeah, you know, if, if this guy, Ioma Urazurike, like like that, it's, um, yeah, on a 3-4 uh, scheme, then definitely, uh, de definitely won't be selected by Dallas. I mean, you never, you never know, though, so, but still, uh, his strength, you know, an accomplished four-year starter, rare combination of top and end size and length. Versatility to play up and down the line. Athletic rusher who probes and stays busy through the rep. Forces linemen to keep feet moving. Which is good. Finishes with a sack with full use of his length. And his weaknesses include. Tends to be a little lumbering at his lateral movements. Has a hard time shuffling and staying square with a block. Below average short area twitch for tackling. And high center of gravity limits his success at counters. Well... Considering the Cowboys utilized four, uh, the four and three scheme, and you know it says that you know like that, you know it, from you know, him says that he will appeal to three four teams at either nose or five technique. So if, if that means that he's he's better at playing in a three and four scheme rather than four and three, if this is what what I'm being told right here, which I'm not too sure, then he's definitely not going to be on on the Cowboys radar. All right. So because like that, maybe we should take a look at one more. Let's take a look at Federian Mathis, the defensive tackle at the University of Alabama. Well, very good overview, player bio as well. It was top 40 overall recruits who signed with Alabama before the 2017 season. He redshirted. He redshirted as the team won the national title. In 2018, he was named to the all-team, all-freshman team. Showed more flashes of talent as a sophomore. 27 tackles in 12 games, two of which were starts. Started six contests in, in the Tides FBS Championship 2020 season. Played in 13 games. Earned second-team All-SEC accolades in 2021. Recorded a career-high of 53 tackles and 12, which were 12 for a loss and nine sacks. With two pass breakups in 15 games. Wow. So his overview includes a scheme, versatile, wide body with long arms and solid technique at the point of attack. He's basically kind of described as Nick Saban's style run plugger with powerful hands and defense and dense anchor. I'm sure the Cowboys, you know, if the Cowboys uh, have read this, <laughs> he's definitely got to be considered. More effective against downhill rush attacks than move blocking schemes. More a piece of the front than a standout playmaker and can push the pocket on early down passing plays, but is likely to come off the field on passing downs. So final sentence, Mathis should compete for early playing time as a 4-3, or 3-4 nose, or as a 5 technique. Oh boy. So if he says he'll compete, whether it's four, three, three, and four, I mean, well, he's gonna compete. He's gonna compete either way. So that's what it's saying. He's gonna compete either way. So the strengths include basically outstanding blend of girth and length. Will punch and separate with two hands or one. 
Possession three position versatility in odd and even fronts. Harmonious hands and feet to punch and slide laterally. Dense protection with bull rush or edge attack. Maintains sack viability as a muddle rusher. Okay. Looks promising. Now, the weaknesses include unable to keep pace with wide-flowing wide run game. Needs a more consistent response to down blocks. Takes a while to free himself from a sticky punch. Premature shed gives runners a shot to alter their track. Well, I don't know overall, but Fidarian Mathis can definitely be taken into consideration, but... Again, you know, you, you start off with, with, with the pros and then you get to the cons and, you know, now you're kind of like, well, I mean, obviously you're not going to have the perfect player no matter who you get, but but now that I see, like, basically maintain sack viability as a model rusher, that's something that really gets, that, that catches my mind, you know, the harmonious hands and feet to punch and slide laterally, the outstanding blend of girth and length, you know, He's that he's really got to be somebody that the Cowboys have to have their eyes on. So, so out of these three that I spoke to, uh, I spoke about, Perion Winfrey is definitely. I think Perion Winfrey has the, is is is, a, is definitely a possible pick. For Darren Mathis is, is probably a maybe, but again, you never know who's still going to be there. But you know, I'm sure that the Cowboys scouting department has been, has had their eyes on on so many of the guys. So. You know, again, you know, I, I can't take a look at you know every single one of them, but but now kind of looking at uh, like that, the last thing I want to take a look at is the linebackers. But you know, a, a, CB, a CBS actually a writer actually did a mock draft. A CBS writer by the name of uh, Tom uh, Fornelli, I believe. Yeah, Tom Fornelli, according to the name I see right here. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. You know how, how many mock drafts they put on this page? Kind of seems like they put several. Yep, they did. Well, hold on. Nope. No, it, it's just one. So I, that's why I actually get it. So Tom Fornelli of CBS NFL. Now, and he and who he has as, as the Cowboys pick is definitely something uh, I, I, I could definitely agree with him with. He's got Georgia's Nakobe Dean, the linebacker. Well, you know, going, you know, drafting linebackers in back-to-back drafts uh, says something. But, you know, N- Nicobe Dean is actually listed as the best linebacker prospect in the draft. Again, you know, University of Georgia. His overview includes an explosive three-down linebacker with demeanor and quickness to become a volume tackler while holding down third-down duties at a high level. His rec- play recognition is a work in progress which, which limits reaction time and forces him to deal with more with more blockers than he'll see as he gains more experience. Quick feet and plus agility will bring him to ball carriers at a high rate, but a lack of size and, and length means he'll need to fine-tune his approach as a tackler to make sure he finishes what he starts. He might lack measurables, but he has the toughness and technique to see a boost in his performance once he plays more proactive. Well... Thank you very much, Lance Zerline. So the, the strengths include he's an explosive athlete with access to instant acceleration. Rarely voids gap by running around a block. Fearless to attack and fit a gap with force. Hand snap to meet a play off the blocker with the agility and quickness for effective lateral flow. Patrols with excellent track down speed and range. Runs the, through the ball carrier. Athletic ability to cover backs out of the backfield. And blitzes get home thanks to timing, bursts, and leverage. Impressive. Now the weak, no weaknesses include he's built like a stocky back, like lacking ideal size and length. Instincts and play diagnosis are just at the average level. Tardy response allows climbing blocks a chance. Can be swallowed up when littering on second level. Traffic seems to find him in lateral pursuit, and he's inconsistent to body up and finish. Okay. I'll be honest with you. If the Cowboys got this guy, I would probably consider that a, a good pick. Definitely a good pick. But, again, the question is, could he possibly still be there by the time the Cowboys pick? Is it? Again, the Cowboys have the 24th pick. So, I mean, 
like I said, you never, you never freaking know, do you? I mean, well, who knows? I mean, there's, there's actually been talk. You know, I, I should have mentioned this earlier. That there's been that, that, that I think Jerry Jones has flirted with the idea of, of trading to move up, uh, to, to move to, to the uh, to the higher picks. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, you know, what, what, what are we gonna have to surrender in, in order to, in, in order to climb? It, it, to the to the uh, first picks, like to climb to the top ten, it's definitely not gonna cost. It's definitely gonna cost more than one draft pick. I mean, who knows what it's gonna cost? So you know what? At this point, I'm like, no, 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 no. Unless there's a good deal, but I doubt though there will be because that a good deal is gonna cost too much. It is not worth the risk. So I think the Cowboys should stay put, but I doubt that they'll. I doubt that they'll listen. Okay, so we took that linebacker Nakobe Nakobe Dean. Now Nakobe Dean's definitely something. I, I mean. I would definitely take him into consideration. I mean, the Cowboys really want to build a linebacker core. I mean, I'm sure that Nakobe Dean can do very good alongside Micah Parsons. I have no doubt in my mind as far as that goes. Uh, so, so as far as that goes, now we'll take a look at another linebacker before I want to take a quick look at the safeties as well. So I'll go with only two this time. I'll probably take a look at wide receiver, but I'm not too sure. Uh-uh. Man, it's... This this, uh, this recording is going a whole lot better than I even thought. You know, it's good to have all these notes prepared. But anyway, so Christian Harris, University of Alabama. Okay, a six point twenty seven prospect rate means he will eventually be an average starter. I mean, that's that a little of the skepticism kind of goes there, but it's still you know, he 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 could certainly. Uh, outperform himself, uh, he can certainly overachieve, I mean, you, you never know, but the overview, again, thank you, Lance Zerline, his overview describes him as a long, athletic, inside linebacker, whose strengths and weaknesses could make him a target for a move outside, but his lack of desired recognition will result in missteps and mistakes that could prove much more costly on the NFL level, so now do the Cowboys really want to take a chance on him, I mean, at this point, I'm not too sure, but he could thrive as a chase and hit weak side linebacker where he can play faster. He can handle some coverage chores, but it's not his strong suit. No, it's definitely that that that, that that's definitely uh head scratching right there. Like again, like do we really want to take a chance on this guy? It would it probably be better not to. But but he has the physical attributes and athletic ability to make plays and as an eventual starter. But he might lack. Three down versatility. Okay, that right there. Okay, that, the, the lack of three down versatility. That right there tells me, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely not our guy. Definitely not our guy. I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, you know, he, he, he might not be the guy, but, you know, who knows? The Cowboys could still take a chance on him. And if they do, I could criticize it all I want. But, you know, the best thing for me to do is to wait and see how at least things go. And if things don't go well after one year... Then, uh, then me say that he's not the guy, it's going to be justified. <coughs> Excuse me. But he was a three-year starter for, for the elite program at the, at the University of Alabama. So despite th those, uh, th those cons, I mean, he was a three-year starter for, for the University of Alabama. So the fact that he was still good enough to impress Nick Saban to give him the starting job, you know, that, that says something. He's adequate physicality and technique for the role. Loose hips with burst-driven feet for sudden lateral pursuit. Adequate gap constriction when stepping into his fists. Excuse me, fits. Excuse me, not fists. Fits. Gets to lead shoulder take-on to prevent being squared. Athletic talent to make plays in the backfield. Look at that. Athletic talent to make plays in the backfield. What does that tell you? Five of ten career sacks came in the SEC championship and college football playoff games. Wide and agile as an open field tackler. Now the strengths are really telling a different story than we saw in the overview, right? Some might see it the same, but now you're getting a different vibe. Now, the weaknesses include a high cut and upright in space. Instincts and field vision are suspect. Peripheral blockers catch him sleeping. Needs better use of hands to get rid of blockers early. Could be targeted and exploited in the passing game. Oh, there you go again. That's where you really ask yourself... Is he really our guy? And if you take a look at that, you know, these locks right there is, is kind of telling you a, a different story. So, so Christian Harris is, I mean, definitely out there. But honestly, I don't see him. I really don't see him, you know, coming to the Cowboys. So let's go on. Let's go, go to safety. 
Well, look at these guys. Hmm. I'm not sure about you know these top guys. You know, as far as the safety goes, some of these guys, you know, I've never really even heard of them. I mean, Kyle Hamilton is the top prospect at Notre Dame. Uh, but I really doubt. You know, now that I think of it, I don't think I should go with. I should kind of go with the safeties because I doubt the Cowboys will go after a safety in the first round. I mean, even though it's a it's a draft needs. You know, wide receiver goes. I mean, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. You know, him and along with Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks are the, are the top prospects, you know, followed by Jameson Williams at, at, from Alabama. So, of course, there's Drake London at USC. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be shocked. I'll probably be frustrated and shocked if the Cowboys got a right receiver in, in the first round. Even if they somehow get Garrett Wilson or if it's Drake London at the University of Southern California. I'm just like, yeah, let's let's go on, let's go defense or guard in the first round. You know, more than anything, I I think we go after a defensive tackle or a linebacker. But if if the left guard, if if, if a guard is, if the best guard is there, and we're really sure that we can use him, I would go with that. But right now, more than anything, I think a defensive tackle or a linebacker is the top priority. So I'd go with either the same guy from the mock draft. I go with Nakobe Dean, or Honestly, I go with either Fider- probably Fedarian Mathis or Perion Winfrey. So, uh, you know, I, I couldn't go step by step through all these picks because you know they they all everybody has a chance. But, you know, Devonte Wyatt, Georgia. Also, I didn't I, I didn't take a look at him, but again, you know, M as the sec- as the second prospect. You know, who knows if he's still gonna be there? But but you know, I'll, I'll take a look at him. You know, his overview has has him as a highly active defensive tackle with, with decent strength. He's made for movement and disruptions. He's made and helped himself in 2021 with, with better tape both against the run and the and as a pass rusher. Well, there you go. Now I'm glad I took a look at this guy. Lateral quickness is you is useful for beating zone blocks and sliding across the front in game base pass rush. Wyatt has adequate strength but struggles to withstand a second blocker. His strengths are average, but the effort is, is consistent and he should fit nicely as a rotational gap seeking three down technique. With disruptive flashes. Well, definitely got to take into consideration. But I think right now more than anybody. I think the Cowboys should draft. Nakobe Dean. Linebacker out of the University of Georgia. In the first round. All these prospects. It, it's hard really kind of be convinced. But honestly. After doing my homework on this linebacker. I feel like Nakobe Dean. Is the guy. That the Cowboys should go. I mean. While we want to bulk up the defensive line. We want to bulk up a core of linebackers as well. Like we, the Cowboys want to have a have loaded talent on the defensive line and the linebacker core and the secondary as well. It's about having a strong, loaded defense. It's about possibly reviving Doomsday defense from the dead and making it stronger than it's ever been. It's like basically having the best defense this team has ever seen and one of the best defense that the National Football League has ever seen. So. I'm firm with it. I think we we, we go with Nakobe Dean, and and hopefully uh, it happens. You know, pick twenty four. Anything could happen, but I, I just hope the Cowboys can make the right decision. I mean, I can only pray. So I mean, it's the Cowboys. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time.